feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I and tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, well, the students need to move out and the migrants need to move in. That is the latest in lots of the country. We are experiencing some very, very severe storms. And anybody could have told you that Floyd Bennett Field, they had already said it was going to be a mess if the weather got too rough. They're in a tent. Uh, There's about 2,000 migrants that are there in Brooklyn. And they said, well, you know what? If it gets really rainy and really torrential at some point, we might have to move the migrants. Well, guess what? It's really rainy and it's really torrential. So what's happening? Well, about 2,000 migrants are being moved from Floyd Bennett Field, this old airfield in Brooklyn that houses about 2,000. And they're now being moved to a a local high school, James Madison High School, which is also That one is in southern Brooklyn. And the students are now, according to multiple reports, having to take classes online. So the students are being kicked out of their high school so the migrants can come in. And then the students who had to deal with lost learning and all the problems with COVID, well, now they're being displaced and told that they have to take their classes virtually until the migrants can come back. Now, how does this make any sense on so many levels? This, to me, is just an indication that our kids take a back seat to the migrant kids. And you would spend all this money, think about it, moving the migrants in, setting up shop for them there, then moving them back. There's been a couple of these that have happened all along the way. And why are we not planning better? Why is New York City not planning better. And the rest of the country is also at a breaking point. This comes also as there have been reports outside of Floyd Bennett Field when the migrants were there as of 24 hours ago, that there were pricey cars that were being towed from outside that shelter area. And that's also the same place where there have been reports of these migrants going door to door, begging and asking for food and clothing and a whole bunch else. So how does that seem right that maybe they have a fancy schmancy car and they're going to neighbors' homes in that area who say that they're downright scared when suddenly a migrant family shows up and says, hey, can uh, we have some food or money or anything else? And then now we understand they're being moved to a high school, this James Madison High School, and kids are being kicked out. Sorry, but this doesn't seem fair. And this just epitomizes the way that this migrant situation has been handled from the get-go. Are you as offended as I am that they're kicking out kids out of their classrooms? I'm glad they're not keeping them because I was waiting for that. Like, what, you're going to have like a, a migrant family sitting next to the kids in the classroom or a little partition in between? What could go wrong there? I was waiting for that. Uh, But still, they are displacing them. 
So can't they find somewhere else to put the migrants than moving our kids and having them do virtual learning? That doesn't seem fair at all. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Now this comes as Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, is set to be on the hot seat in a big way in the next 24 hours. The Homeland Security Committee is expected to start their hearings on impeachment of the very embattled and, I think, completely derelict Homeland Security Secretary. And get this, in the last 24 hours, he made a really stunning admission. Not a stunning admission to all of us, because we're pretty educated and we know what's going on in the border. But the fact that privately, during a meeting that he had with border agents this week at the overrun Eagle Pass crossing in Texas, according to several people who were in the room, he said that more than 85% of the migrants are being at least allowed into the U.S. that cross the border. In other words, of the millions upon millions that come into this country, that was an admission from the Biden administration, what we know all along. I actually thought it was closer to 100%, but he's claiming privately to border officials down there that at least 85% are getting released into the country. That is really scary stuff. He knows they're not being vetted. He knows they can't control the border. And yet, publicly, he's saying, oh, everything is fine. There's no problems there. The border's secure. We're doing a great job. And then privately, he admits to border officials there in Eagle Pass, Texas, that, well, you know what, Um, actually, maybe 85% or so are being released. No big deal. Nothing to worry about. That is an outrageous statement. And I hope that they... Impeach him, and I hope they do it soon. Here is Senator Schmidt of Missouri on Larry Kudlow's show earlier today. Listen to what he had to say. Well, there have been negotiations about what sort of language changes you know, could take place. I'm more skeptical probably than many of my Republican colleagues that no matter what language change you have here, you have an administration that's just not interested in enforcing the law. They have the tools in place right now to secure our border. They don't want to do it. On day one, they reversed all the things that were working under President Trump, remained in Mexico, Title 42. In fact, when I was Attorney General, we talked, when, and when I was in that role, we pushed back, won some court battles. We had to go back into court to enforce those judgments. It's not in their DNA. This is an open borders crowd. Um, this is exactly what they want. And so, I'm, you know, for me, I'm very skeptical of some sort of border deal that just unlocked the Ukraine money, which I think is what the Democrats really want. And, of course, they are negotiating that issue with the Senate. And the Senate, including Senator Lankford, Republican, is in negotiations uh, to try to figure out, could they get any sort of border deal out of this White House, at least something that really does protect the border and really does do the job. And I hope Republicans hold fast. They need to put on a set of big boy pants and hold fast And not just kind of give in halfway. There can't be any halfway when you're talking about American security. And here is what former ICE director Tom Holman has to say about those negotiations and Mayorkas, who, again, uh, the impeachment proceedings may begin as early as tomorrow. 
You got Langford is, is negotiating with Mayorkas, right? That's like talking to an arsonist how to put out a fire. He hasn't reached out to career law enforcement officers like myself or Mark Morgan or Rodney Scott, guys who spent decades on this issue, working for six different administrations on seeing what policies worked, what policies didn't. We haven't, made, we haven't received one phone call on what we think would work and what we know has failed over the last six administrations. Why not bring the experts to the table like the Trump administration did, which ended with great success? Politicians talking to politicians never works. And, I, I, and it makes me sad to say that, but that's just a stone cold fact. You need the people who spent decades on this border and saw success and saw failure to help you find success. But they do not want success. Maybe success is having 85% plus close to 10 million people come into this country illegally. Maybe that's what their level of success is. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tim. Line three. Tim, your thoughts. Yeah, hi. Good evening, Rita. I have a question for you. I want to get your political take on this because I don't understand for the life of me why Biden is doing this. Like, presumably he wants to get reelected. And the disaster on the border is is his Achilles heel. It's, it's, I think, the thing that might cost him the election. So I just I mean, I'm just as angry as you are, but I'm also uh, perplexed. I do not understand politically why in the hell he's doing this or his puppet masters are doing this. I just don't get it. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, that's a great point. I think, first off, I don't think they expected it to backfire on them as much as it has because it's become so unbelievably voluminous. And I think that they were hoping that it wouldn't be making the headlines left and right and it wouldn't be like busting cities like New York and Chicago uh, over the brim, the migrant crisis. And it's every city, I should say, across the country now. But... I think their ultimate goal, and Tim, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, and I remember when I was talking to Ken Cuccinelli, um, who is the Homeland Security guy, uh, him and Chad Wolf. Chad Wolf was the secretary, and Ken was the number two. And I remember uh, both of them were telling me a couple years ago, you know, as soon as Biden got elected and they saw what happened at the border, the fact that they changed Remain in Mexico, uh, which is what Trump had. In other words, you remain in Mexico, you get vetted, and then if you're cleared, then you come in, which would be right. just a handful of people. Um, and when he saw all these things, they were saying to me, they believe ultimately it is getting more voters eventually and that they're willing mm. to take a political hit now, just like you said, mm. um, and to ultimately uh, eventually get a lot of them voted in. And maybe, maybe at some point, uh, there will be a deal, and I hope this is why I say Republicans got to hold fast, that I think at some point they're going to go to the Republican leadership and say, you know what, um, uh, at least in the Senate, which seemed to be a little more loosey-goosey than uh, the House, and say, I think um, we can maybe do a deal. Maybe we can seal the border, but let's at least have, we can kick out all 10 million that are here, mm-hmm. uh, 5 million or, or maybe 6, mm-hmm. 7 million, uh, they should at least have a pathway to citizenship. And then they feel mm-hmm. that those people will vote in their behalf, which probably most of them will. That came in illegally. They'll probably say, thank you, Joe Biden. And they think that that will solidify, I think, their place in terms of getting voters in some of these states that they wanted from red to blue, or at least turn them purple, 
Um, I think they're willing to take the hit just to at some point try to cut a deal. I'm waiting for that moment. Wow. Um, and, and that's why I think it. And wow. I think they never imagined, Tim, that it would get as bad as it did, like with all of them coming to New York and all of them coming to Chicago. And, and I think they just thought they'd sort of slide in. Remember all these secret flights in the middle of the night, Tim, that were into Westchester and into Nashville and into also Newark? At first, nobody was really reporting. They were coming from the Biden administration. They were coming from Governor Abbott in Texas. I think they were hoping they can kind of secretly place them all over the country. And then, oh, maybe we wouldn't have an idea of how many cross and not a big deal. And you wouldn't hear these blue city mayors complaining. But it's gotten so bad that they're sort of like, oh, God, uh, maybe we can bite our tongue and buy some time a little bit now more and get a few more in. And then we can cut some deal and say, okay, we'll stop it tomorrow if you can find a pathway to these people. I, that's that's my prediction. And that's why uh, that's why it's really scary that they are willing to have an open border that is downright dangerous. And Mayorkas, boy, he knows the plan. Because, I mean, anybody, a two-year-old, you could put him on the border and they'd be able to figure out that it's not secure. So it has to be intentional. There can't be any other reason. Uh, that's my answer, Tim, and that's a sad reality. And how sad that that's not, uh, that's not some adversary that is the Biden administration, actually, and that's my thought because I can't imagine any other reason, any other reason uh, other than than sadly trying to uh, add to the voter rolls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We were just talking with Tim, who was asking, why do I think that so many are coming in, even though all of this open border and overflow of migrants. All of that is clearly hurting Biden and Democrats at the polls. Uh, Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said not that long ago. From all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now you can fix that, build a wall, or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path to citizenship. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll have folks that might say, look at these systems, you know, that our shelter system has weight and things like that. But one of the reasons that our public systems experience weight is because people don't have a documented and reliable path to work and sustain themselves, mm-hmm. just like all of our ancestors did and our and our grandparents and great grandparents. So let's just make them legal and then you don't have to worry about illegal immigration. Just let's just do that. No big deal, right? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line two. Jacqueline, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. You know, I was just telling Matt, this is getting a little too close to home for me. 
Floyd Bennett Field was close enough. Now they're uh, moving them over to James Madison High School. That area, that, that happens to be on Bedford Avenue. On either side of Bedford Avenue, there are multi-million dollar homes there. There's a very large uh, insulated community of um, Sephardic and Syrian uh, religious Jewish people. So I, I'm, I'd be really surprised if they're going to tolerate this. But uh, I have a novel idea. Uh, they want to know where to put them. Why don't they send them back to their country of origin, where they belong, instead of here? And since they're all penned up, where for at least a little period of time, a short period of time, we know where to find them, why don't they start vetting them so they can start weeding out 90% of them that aren't going to qualify for amnesty anyhow? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what is so insulting, Jacqueline, is that some of these folks who are getting these court dates when they are, quote, vetting them, and that's not even, that's just the first step towards vetting them. One of them, I and this was like two weeks ago, got a court date for 2031. And at the time, it was 2023 at that time when she got it. So, I mean, you got to be kidding me. So you are correct. Why not, if they're going to hire people, vet people? And it's interesting because the Biden administration and a lot of their talk says, we want to process more, but they don't say that we want to process more so we can get rid of the ones that are here illegally. They want to process them so they can become legal quicker and have a quicker pathway. Um, So in other words, they're not making it uh, more rigorous or also just doing the basic law-abiding thing. They want to kind of skirt the system and hurry up and move them through faster. But you're right. They should be using the time. And of all things, uh, it's going to be interesting, like you just said. We'll see how long they stay at the high school. It may only be a few days. Uh, But you would imagine that with all the rain that's coming down right now, it's not like Floyd Bennett Field is going to dry up in one day, too. It may take a little bit till the ground is not uh, super soggy and you can put the tent back up and all the other things, too. So we'll see where it goes. But you are right, Jacqueline. It is coming to a community near you. I don't think there's any community that's immune uh, from these migrants. And how dare they kick out high school kids, force them to learn online, but bring in the migrants and give them dry cleaning and food and everything else. It is a disgrace, guys. That's my thoughts. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Pawkatuck, Connecticut, where police there say that one of their canines died in a shooting when they were serving a felony warrant. Authorities say that the suspect, Vaughn Malloy, was also killed in the shooting that involved officers recently in Stonington. State police say canine Brocco was the dog involved. They say that he gave his life protecting his handler, fellow troopers, and the community. And they said on their site, it's with a heavy heart that we announce the line of duty death of our beloved canine Brocco. Canine Brocco was not just a loyal companion. He was a hero in every sense of the word. State police and surrounding police departments formed a procession to take the deceased dog home. 
Witnesses shared that they saw the suspect walk out in front of an armored vehicle before shooting the dog. Canine Brocco ultimately sacrificed his life doing what he was known best for, the Connecticut State Police shared. They said his sacrifice will forever be etched in our hearts and never be forgotten. Police say the shooting remains under investigation. But boy, is it a powerful reminder of the important work that law enforcement do every single day. And that includes their furry friends who do so much to protect so many brave officers on the department and really put their lives in the line as well. And we, of course, are always so appreciative of the canine dogs that help our law enforcement. Well, I wish that there was law enforcement, more of it, at our southern border because, boy, is our southern border a mess. And now we are hearing that Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, told other border agents when he was down there at Eagle Pass in Texas that about 85 percent of those who come into America are released into the country most of them, guess what, uh, probably never to be seen again or given court dates years away. This is really distressing. And, of course, he says a very different thing publicly, or at least he has in the past. We'll see what he does, because now it looks like impeachment proceedings are moving forward against Alejandro Mayorkas. And this should have happened a long time ago. How can you have a Homeland Security secretary who publicly consistently says, the border's secure. What are you talking about? There's no problem here. He's also, remember, he threw those border agents under the bus for that false accusation years ago that they were whipping the Haitian migrants when they were on the horses. It turned out he knew the truth all along, but still he threw them under the bus and never even gave them an apology. That's how he handles the men and women that work for him. And he just seems arrogant. He seems like he just doesn't care. There are reports that he also said to other members of Congress privately when he was behind closed doors and was testifying before. uh, You're not going to like who's going to come after me. And he does have a point there because he is clearly just serving at the wishes of the president and also Congress, by the way, because Congress has the right to also impeach and remove him. But... The president, certainly, if Alejandro Mayorkas gets moved aside, uh, the next person's going to have to keep pushing Biden's policies, too. And clearly Biden's policies, whether he wants to admit it or not, is a wide open southern border that is wreaking havoc on American cities and is downright dangerous for U.S. national security. That's all I can say. I feel like this president has been so derelict in his duty it is stunning to me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, Governor Abbott of Texas is saying that Mayor Eric Adams, who remember just recently launched that suit, that he was going after the 17 charter bus companies and he's suing them for $700 million saying that they should pay for the 33,000 migrants that have come to New York City. Now, there's been over 150, somewhere between 150 and 200,000. So 33, yeah, it's a big number, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to the others. And most of the others, a lot of them came right from the Biden administration. They were sent in. Or they were just ones who said, God, I can't wait to come to New York. And they got here on their own. So it's a ridiculous suit. 
And Governor Abbott of Texas, of course, who's gotten the ire from Mayor Eric Adams and other blue city mayors, he's like, you know what? This is ridiculous that New York City Mayor Eric Adams should be focusing his energy on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Take a listen. It's a joke. It's really a political statement uh, by the mayor of New York. You know, you talked about what uh, the purpose was of that statute. Uh, On the face of the statute alone, that's not the purpose uh, why the buses are uh, moving people to New York City. Uh, Second, uh, what the mayor did, the mayor sued the wrong party. Uh, If if the mayor really is trying to cut down on the number of illegal immigrants coming into New York, he needs to be suing Joe Biden, not these bus companies, because it's Joe Biden and Joe Biden's policies uh, that's causing the uh, massive multi-million influx into the United States that leads to many of them wanting uh, to go to New York. And it really is just a political ploy by Mayor Eric Adams. And here's a little bit more from Governor Abbott about the lawsuit that the New York City mayor has. The lawsuit is completely legally baseless, and and the mayor is going to lose very badly for this very specific reason, and that is everybody who uh, is bused to or are uh, planed to New York uh, is already authorized by the Biden administration to be within the United States legally. And because of that, that means that they have the legal right to travel wherever they want in the United States, uh, and the lawsuit by the mayor uh, violates the United States constitutions in several respects, uh, and the mayor is going to lose and lose badly, and I hope he is forced uh, to pay the legal fees uh, for the cost of anybody having to defend against that lawsuit. And listen to what the Chicago mayor had to say. This is one for the record books. This is Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson And, of course, he's on the show with good old Al Sharpton and listen to what he blames for the fact that Abbott is sending some buses to Chicago as well. You're absolutely right about the intentions of Governor Abbott. Um, He is attacking democratically ran cities and particularly cities that are being led um, by black leaders or leaders of color. This is unconscionable. I mean, it's a very raggedy approach. And quite frankly, not only is it reckless and raggedy, um, but it is evil spirited. That is such an outrageous statement that the Chicago mayor believes that the reason that Abbott is sending migrants to their cities, his city and Eric Adams city, he can contends it's about race. That is such a ridiculous comment. He's sending them because both of them said, come one, come all. And guess what? Also, the mayor of Boston said the same thing. She's an Asian woman. Mayor Wu there. You know, I mean, give me a break. What, it's racist? No, you had a big old neon sign and you ran on, hey, we want to have everybody come in. And now you're complaining that they're coming in. And guess what? They want to also come to New York. And Abbott has made that crystal clear that every single person who has gotten on those buses had had to sign a waiver, had had to say that they wanted to go to New York, that it was voluntary. So they're not being forced with like bamboo sticks up their fingernails to come to New York. They're coming to New York because they see ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And we just talked about it because guess what? Uh, Look how much, guess who's paying for the moving? From Floyd Bennett Field, you could have predicted it. The first big rain, it was going to be a mess. Well, here it is, guys. 2,000 of them are moving into this high school now, James Madison High School in southern Brooklyn. 
And guess who's paying for the move? Guess who's going to pay for the move back? Guess who's paying for all the services when they're at either location? And guess who's also paying for it? Well, our school kids, our high school kids that are now going to have to learn virtually online while the migrants are in their classrooms. Does that seem fair? It doesn't to me. And here is Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Remember I said there was a statement that Mayorkas apparently made that he sort of threatened Congress. And last time that he was up there, when he was behind closed doors with the members of Congress, when they said, you know, uh, we're planning to impeach you because what you have done is just deplorable. And listen to what Congresswoman Kat Kamek says Mayorkas told her and others in private. I have yet to meet one Republican. Heck, I even know of some Democrats that are anxious to get rid of him. And let me remind you, when behind closed doors, we told him, you're, you're getting ready to be impeached. He said, you're not going to like who comes next. I asked him if that was a threat. Whoa. He just smiled. This man is dangerous. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he is two-faced. We need to get rid of him Whoa. now. You're not going to like who comes next. Uh, what? Uh, somebody with a big old neon sign saying, come through the border? They've done basically that. I can't imagine it being worse than Mayorkas. you got to be kidding me. What, there is somebody who will be worse on border security than Mayorkas? That'll be kind of hard to find. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in the Bronx. Line 5. Dave, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita. Happy New Year to you. I know it's a little late in the whole thing. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you, Dave. Thank you. Listen, listen. What happened with, well, didn't they have a lawsuit to keep them out of there? You know, Curtis was talking about for months, and it stopped with Floyd Benfield, (laughs) that he didn't have, that he stopped eight uh, closed shelters. So what happened with this? And Madison High School you know how famous the people are? There are eight, nine people from Schumer, Al Franken, Norm Coleman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Bernie Sanders. All these people graduate. You're closing that? This is a, a, a an excellent school. I mean, it's not like some school that kids are there and not there. But what? what's going on? Why wasn't that closed? They said it was on a floodplain. Yeah, you know what? I don't understand what happened. I agree. Well, what happened? I know that they were able to convince them not to put the single adult males there, so they moved more families in that location because originally they were going to pack it with many single adult males. So they had a victory, at least getting the women and kids there. But you're right. They always said it was going to be a mess, but they still kept building and still kept creating it. And quite frankly, they didn't have a lot of other places to put them because nobody wanted them. Because remember, they got kicked out of some of the places in Staten Island and elsewhere, and there just isn't any space. And this mayor seems to not know the word no. He knows how to say, I want more money, but he doesn't seem to say no and turn the buses around and send them to Washington. He keeps saying, I want more money. Uh, what, is he going to construct uh, a big complex? Is he going to take over Yankee Stadium? Is that next? I, I mean, there's only so many hotel rooms you can fill. And so that location there, which is an old airfield, is a big physical area. So they ended up putting in women and kids. And just like you said, it is outrageous. Where You know, you just cited a whole bunch of very famous names 
Um, for instance, obviously, uh, Schumer, and you talked about Bernie Sanders. Where are they on this issue? I haven't heard either one of them really make any comments about the migrants that are affecting New York City and other cities across this country. Um, neither one of them seems to have said a thing to save New York and other places. And I wonder what they think about migrants in their old high school today. Uh, just like you said, it's a very storied place. And students being kicked out. It's an insult and it's a disgrace. Dave, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Pete, line two. Pete, your thoughts. I know that you guys were successful. Some of the grandmothers there in Staten Island were very successful, and Curtis and others, too. Rita, I would say to my fellow Brooklynites, uh, where I came from when I was uh, born, you know, to Staten Island, do the same thing like Staten Island did. A shout-out to the fire inspectors, the uh, border health, uh, children's services, uh, what is going to be the bathroom procedure? You know, you're not going to have the single people there, but how about parents uh, of people who, uh, you know, could be pedophiles or something? You're going to share the bathroom for school, the plumbing? Uh, there's no showers. What are they going to do with these people? I mean, it ain't fair to them, and it ain't fair to, to take these kids out of the school. Where are you going to locate it? It's very traumatic for children to be moved out of a school uh, six months into the school session. It's uh, It could really ruin somebody. I had that happen when I was a kid, and it was very detrimental. So I would advise everybody make phone calls like Staten Island did to fire department, fire marshals. Uh, it's not proper. It's a school, not a place to house people. Emergency shelter, sure, but... You know this ain't going to be a, a, a temporary thing. This is going to be uh, forever. Right. People in Brooklyn, stand up and get out there and make these calls. Make I agree. Make these calls to the fire department. I agree. By the way, you hit a great point, Pete, because in Staten Island, like the fire department came out and said it wasn't up to, to standards. And I remember that. And also that came after, of course, all of the attention that happened, and I think of uh, you know one of one of the most powerful moments there in Staten Island, where those grandmothers that were like shouting after the buses. Remember, they were like screaming and shouting and telling those buses, you know, uh, you know, get out of here! No, 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 we don't want you here. We don't, you know. And but it was powerful because there were two schools right there, uh, and here in this case, they're moving them in uh, to a an active school. And they're telling the school kids, well, you're just going to have to work remotely to make room for the migrants. Is this a sign of what's to come across many school systems in this country? Boy, if that is, we're in a sad place, guys. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. What a travesty that American kids are being pushed out so the migrants could temporarily be housed there because they put them in a tent city that, guess what, was never going to sustain the kind of wind and rain that we are experiencing tonight in New York City. 
and also many places on the eastern seaboard. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe, line one. Uh, Joe, your thoughts about this? Hey, let me tell you something, Rita. The screener wants me to stick to topic, and I'm going to start off with something light for a laugh. Out of all the rotten mayors of the cities of um, New England, who's on first? <laughs> I love the What's Abbott and Costello. And get it by the way, Rita. Uh, uh, God bless Governor. God bless Governor Abbott and God, Governor DeSantis. And by the way, if you ever speak to Governor Abbott, how do you address him? Hey, Abbott. Hey, I love that. By the way, Joe, I love it. You you summed it all up. And uh, by the way, I feel like. And the next hour, we're going to talk about Defense Secretary Austin, because I feel like that's a lot of Abbott and Costello routine, the way that's been handled, too. There's a lot of that seems to be going on these days. Joe, you're terrific. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Stan. Line three. Stan, your thoughts? Uh, I asked you once, and you were supposed to find out for me, but you didn't. I guess 900 other things happened. The, you know, we've had the presidents in the past, Bush, Clinton, uh, Barack Obama threw out 2 million migrants. How many? I asked you this, but you didn't, never came up with a number. I think you were looking for it, but you never did. No, you know what, actually? How I, many, I, wait a minute. Yeah. How many did he throw out yep. of this country? I will try to get you Remember a number. Remember, we yes, talked about it. I right. do. And you know what, by the way? I, I know for a fact that it was significantly much more because I saw a number of locations. Um, I don't want to give you the exact number right now because I don't want to be wrong. But I will tell you, it was tremendously uh, much more than we have seen the Biden administration do. And we just heard, Stan, them admitting they said 85 percent stay in the United States. It's probably a lot higher, but that's their own number. I can promise you 85 percent of the Trump administration of the people that crossed did not come. Uh, You know, first of all, that amount never came to the country and that amount never stayed in the country. Uh, It was a huge disparate amount of how many they actually deported. And also the other thing too, Stan, not as many are coming then as they are coming now. Um, And part of that is because they know it's much more open. It's much easier. They were worried when Trump came, they knew they'd get deported. So they didn't really want to go through it. I mean, if you look at the numbers, there were a lot more deported, but also a lot less physically came just because uh, they knew it wasn't going to be easy. And and guess what? When you don't put out a neon sign and say, come one, come all, uh, maybe they realize uh, that America is not for free and you got to work for it. And and you can't, like, make up some excuse to come here. You have to have a real asylum claim. And that's why Remain in Mexico is working, and they should have kept it. Uh, let's go to Alice in Ohio. Line 5, Alice. Hi, Rita. You're the best. Uh, I want to know why are we obliged to even keep these people? We owe them nothing, and our own people are having to give up everything. You know, you're right. We we do not owe them anything, and if the president had a set of values, he would be deporting a whole bunch of them because whoever comes in next, um, and if it's a Republican president that comes in next, first you got to find them. And many of them have used their fake names. We talked about uh, parents and kids at some of these shelters. We don't know if it's their real kids. They haven't done a DNA test. They just said it. We don't know.